there's literally nothing you I'm can forget. I'm within spitting distance he... of a Sephora. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was literally like, oh, I need to get a jacket. What if it's chilly? What if my jackets are too heavy? I'm like, if you're cold, go to the Target. Are you kidding? Yep. <laughs> anyway, being locked in the house for two years has really um, not done anything for me. No. No, it doesn't help. Really anything. Well, it's the spooky season, children. Finally. Which, technically, this is coming out after our first spooky season episode, but it's the first thing we're recording because this is like our uh, warm-up. That's just how we do. So it's spooky season. And I know we like doing animal facts minis um, because they're easy and fun. So I thought that this week it would be a good idea to each pick the animal we like the least or that scares the ever-living shit out of us. And um, we'll talk about those. It's very on on brand for us and for spooky season. So here's what we're going to give you some some light nightmares. And I'm sure there's a million other animals that I, I don't like. But these specifically, the one that I pick comes up on uh, documentaries a lot. And I don't like them. I better actually, yeah. Oh, this is Afternoon oh, right. and yeah, I'm Sarah. I'm Emily. Boy, we need some sort of formal end. Uh, the minis uh, are relaxed. Introduction for this. <laughs> I mean, just like the barest minimum. I mean, yeah, our our thing is we'll talk for like 15 minutes and then someone will remember. And then that's. Oh, it's a baby one. Sorry, I'm already Googling your animal. I'm getting so ahead of us. But I found a baby oh, one. <laughs> Emily, it's so cute. Okay. Go, okay. You start. Go talk about your fit, your your thing. All right. So uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, cuttlefish. Which are nart nart nartmer nightmare animals? <laughs> nartmer, they're so cute. No, they're nightmare animals that. What I? Oh my god! You're wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> you're the worst. You're so not supportive. I I am very much looking forward to you telling me why these are animals are terrible because I, I love them. They're hard to look at. Um. No, they're not. They're so cute. They're, they come in so many colors. That's part of the problem. So cuttlefish are mollusks uh, related to snails and clams, along with squid, nautili, nautiluses, which nautiluses I can actually handle. <laughs> and oct- octopus, octopi. Octopi. Um, so they make up a group called cephalopods, which means head foot. Um, all species in this group have tentacles attached to their head. So already not great. <laughs> They're like little Cthulhu's. Yeah, and think about Cthulhu. I mean, Cthulhu can be cute. Look oh, at this Jesus baby Christ. one. Okay. Uh, what distinguishes cuttlefish from its relatives is an internal shell called a cuddle bone that aids in buoyancy. She's just sending me pictures of cuttlefish. Did you did you see the first one I sent to you? It's it's a little cartoon yes. cuttlefish. And it's got a little heart, and it says, let's cuddle. <sighs> so the cuddle bone is like it would be a shell, but it's on the inside of its head. And it helps it stay afloat, because it holds air. The approximately 100 species of cuttlefish range between 2.5 and 90 centimeters, or 1 to 35 inches. So about 1 to 3, um, just under 3 yep. feet. Uh, and they have somewhat flattened bodies bordered by a pair of narrow fins. 
All species have eight arms and two longer tentacles that are used in capturing prey, which can be withdrawn into two pouches. Uh, Suction discs are located on the arms and expanded pads at the tips of the tentacles. (coughs) So they're grabby little fuckers. I mean, that's usually what tentacles are for. Uh, Cuttlefish inhabit shallow tropical or temperate coastal waters, usually migrating to deeper water in winter. Though, if they go too deep, their cuttle bone implodes from the pressure. At about 150 meters, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The common... Poor cuttlefish. The common cuttlefish breeds during spring and summer, producing about 100 to 300 eggs. They feed mainly on crustaceans, small fishes, and each other. I mean, that's most animals, really. (laughs) What a cuttlefish apologist. Jesus Christ. Cannibals. (laughs) Um, Their main enemies are large aquatic animals like sharks and humans. Uh, Cuttlefish are used by humans as... Are you just sending me pictures of cuttlefish? (laughs) Sorry, I can't stop. They're so cute. So humans use cuttlefish as food, a source of ink, and the cuttle bone is used as a dietary supplement providing calcium for caged birds. Very specific. You just buy a cuttle bone to give to, like, your fucking cockatoo. Surely there are other less specific ways to give calcium to your birds. Probably, but this is a naturally occurring. Um, So that's the Nat Geo description, although I didn't get it from Nat Geo. I think I got it from Britannica. Um, So now we're going to get into why they're nightmare fish. One, cuttlefish have three hearts and blue-green blood. Cool. One heart is for the whole body, while the other two hearts are for each set of gills. And their blood is blue-green because it carries copper-containing proteins instead of iron-containing proteins. That's so interesting. Two. Why is that scary? Two. I don't trust anything with three hearts that's not a Time Lord. So, two. The brain of a cuttlefish is enormous compared to other invertebrates, enabling cuttlefish to learn and remember. That's so cool. Also, despite being colorblind, they have very good... Cuttlefish never forget. They have very good eyesight, and they have these fucked up W-shaped pupils because of it. Cuttlefish are listening to this podcast right now, and they'll remember this, Emily. (laughs) They don't get podcasts in the sea. Says you. You you don't know if I've dropped a podcast. iPhone into the ocean. You are a nightmare. Uh, Three. (laughs) They can vary their color, shape, and movement rapidly to communicate or camouflage. And they do this quickly enough to mesmerize their prey so that they are easier to catch. So they will just... That's very cool. ...cycle between colors. Like they're a fucking Pink Floyd laser show, and the crabs are like... like a kaleidoscope of an animal. Exactly. That's so cool, though. It uses it for murder. Well, all animals murder, Emily. (laughs) Not all animals. Most animals. Anyway, so they do this. They catch the animals with their stupid little arms, and then they shove them into their sharp beaks. They have beaks. Yeah, so do octopi. I don't like octopi either, while we're on the subject. (gasps) They're too smart, and they're floppy. (laughs) I'm quitting the podcast. (laughs) Octopi are the best. From birth, young cuttlefish can already display at least 13 types of body pattern, and smaller male cuttlefish will also put on the colors of a female during mating and use it to covertly mate with females while a bigger male is around trying to get their attention. I mean, that's that's sus, but also kind of funny. And four, cuttlefish have a fin fringe running along their sides. 
By undulating these fins, cuttlefish are able to hover, crawl, and swim. (gasps) Do you mean that they could walk? Yeah, they use their fucking little tentacles to walk along the bottom of the ocean. Aww. Like like a many-legged spider. Not like that. They're kind of flat, and then they just have the two longer arms that go to the bottom, so they have just, like, this big head. I'll send you a video. Um, I think they're great. They can also move by jet propulsion, which can be very (gasps) effective in escaping. This is achieved by assuming a streamlined body shape and quickly squeezing water from a cavity in their body through a funnel-like siphon, which thrusts them backwards. They have built-in jetpacks. This is the coolest animal on the planet. Creep me out. I don't... (laughs) There's just something about them that's too intelligent looking. Did you see the picture of the one with the 3D glasses? I did see the picture of the one with the 3D glasses. <laughs> He's going to go watch a movie. And he'll probably understand it, because they're very smart. I also could have done this episode on a very specific breed of pelican that I had forgotten about until we watched the documentary last night, but they eat, like, the chicks of other <sighs> birds. I love it. The cuttlefish, or what I just said about pelicans? <laughs> the cuttlefish. Just checking. I was just watching the video. They're very cute. It's got so many different colors going on. How many animals look that cool? None. There are birds that look that cool. Yeah, and I like those birds too, but this one lives in the sea. Also, the word cuddles in the name. T-T-L-E, not D-D-L-E. Same sentiment. I don't think so. I would cuddle with one. <sighs> Do you want to hear about another terrible animal? And actually... I am actually quite (laughs) scared of the one that you're going to talk about as well. And I think for good reason. No, here's the thing. Like, I chose this as my worst animal because I couldn't think of any bad animals because I love all of them. I'm sure there's one Um, animal where you're like, fuck that animal. Like, wasps, maybe? Yeah, those are bugs. (laughs) I mean, no. Like, even the animals that are kind of assholes... I still like, I guess maybe dolphins. I don't think dolphins are all that, all they're cracked up I mean, to they be. definitely, they aren't as great, but I don't know. They're still beautiful, intelligent but creatures. Like, yeah, like I don't, I wouldn't consider them the worst animal. Anyway. Elephant seals. So <laughs> we're going to talk about the shoebill, a.k.a. the most terrifying bird in the world, according to the Audubon Society. So if the Audubon Society is saying <laughs> if it. the bird people are. Here's the thing, though. I secretly love the shoebill. They're very dumb looking. They look completely ridiculous. And so the shoebill, for those of you who don't know, it is a very, is like a heron-like bird. And I'll describe it in more detail in a second. But they are about five feet tall. They're very huge. They have like these big yellow eyes and the big dumb bill. And they look like an animatronic, like, Disneyland animal. They do not look like they're real. They look like an animatronic Disneyland animal from the 70s before we had really figured out animatronics. Yes, it looks like it should be fake, and they're not. And the first time I saw a video of one on Twitter, I lost my mind for like an hour, because I never heard of this bird. Man. And all of a sudden, I would just, I, I had to process the fact that this was a thing that existed. And that's why I'm like calling it my worst animal because it gave me such an existential crisis. But I actually think they're really cool and I love them a lot. So, <laughs> my sources, real quick uh, Wikipedia, National Geographic, and of course, Audubon Society because burbs. 
So, like I said, the shoebill is a very large stork-like bird. Uh, tail to beak, they can stand up to five feet tall with a wingspan of seven to eight God feet. God damn it. They are, they are big birds. <laughs> uh, its scientific name is Balaniceps rex, and it apparently exists to remind the world that all birds evolve from dinosaurs. So they're sometimes referred to storks and do share some straits with, like, storks and herons. But they're actually a family all on their own. And their closest known relatives are the aforementioned pelicans. So their plumage is typically blue-gray with darker slate-gray flight feathers. And its eyes are pale yellow and will haunt you in the dream times. (laughs) Yeah, they can see into your soul. Please, like, as you're listening to this, unless you're driving, um, go, go look up a picture of one. Go look up video of one if you've never heard of these before you're gonna lose all shoe bills are voiced by the same guy who played (laughs) pinhead in hellraiser (laughs) uh their signature feature is of course their bill which measures up to a foot log and resembles a dutch clog in appearance (laughs) i've never heard it described as a clog this is how apparently this is what thing it looks like a dutch clog so hence the name shoe bill Because it's got a shoe for a bell. Oh, my God. They can live up to 35 years in the wild and 50 years in captivity. Uh, They typically are found in freshwater swamps in Central Africa, where they feed mostly on fish, frogs, water snakes, and, on occasion, baby crocodiles. And your dreams. They move. So, how they hunt, they move very slowly um, and have a deeply upsetting tendency to just stay very still for a long, long period of time. To the point where many have described them as statue-like. Ah. <laughs> so while hunting, they'll just like sit there and wait completely motionless <laughs> until they spot its prey in the water. Uh, and then and only then will it lunge forward with its massive bill wide open and they will swallow up whatever poor creature has wandered into its path along with like whatever water, mud, and vegetation are in the general vicinity. And then it'll start to shake its head back and forth <laughs> to get out anything that it doesn't want to eat. Uh, and then it finishes off its prey with a quick decapitation before it is swallowed whole. Awful. Zero stars. Uh, Shoebills are typically quiet, dignified killing machines, um, but they are known to engage in bill clattering <laughs> around their nests. Dignified seems like a stretch for an animal that looks like a Muppet. <laughs> um, they'll also make this noise while they're greening another fellow shoebill. Um, it's not unlike that of a machine gun. <laughs> it is, of course, absolutely horrifying. Why, God? <laughs> Why? Uh, it's a funny trick to play on people. Sweetly enough, breeding pairs are monogamous, and they split their child-rearing responsibilities 50-50. Sure, I, I guess I'm glad the monster's co-parent. Uh, the International Union for the Conservation of Nature estimates there are only three... three geez, estimates there are only 3,300 and... Uh, between 33 and 5,300 adult shoebills remaining in the world, and that population is decreasing for all the typical reasons, habitat loss, pollution, etc., and also overhunting. Exorcisms. Um, <laughs> um, both because people will hunt them for food and also because some consider them, unsurprisingly, to be a bad omen. I wonder why. But they're also, I mean, they're big birds. Big, the big, stupid-looking birds. <laughs> How can you not love they're not aggressive towards people, as far as I can tell. No, they seem to be pretty... Ch- I mean, they eat fish, mostly. As a lot of birds do. Yeah. It's just they're so big. 
They're very big and they are they're very expressive looking. <laughs> I'm gonna send you this picture. Uh what a great bird. Uh we will definitely post pictures of these in the slideshow, and I will be picking the cutest picture of a cuttlefish I can find. Good luck. Um, along with probably the scariest picture of a shoebill, of which there are many. See, the thing is, like, with the shoebill, like, when you Google image search, all the top options are, like, the most evil-looking bird you've ever seen. They look like a dark-winged duck villain. Yes. But they're really just so, they're so stupid-looking. And I love them. If I'm gonna do Muppet-looking birds, it will always be a patoo bird. But these guys are not bad. Yeah, they look... God, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. I love them. That's that's my TED Talk. All these animals are great. There are no bad animals. I'll find one. I mean, there's plenty <laughs> of stuff deep in the ocean that I would never, ever, ever want to see. Actually, no. I will say, yeah, there's definitely some deep sea fish that I would not want to interact with. But also, like, they're way in the deep sea, and I'm never going there because the sea itself scares me. So they're not something I have to worry about. I don't even, like, octopus at aquariums even freak me out because I've heard so many stories of them, like, getting out. And I know they're not aggressive, but also the fact that they're just so floppy and smart. It, <laughs> I love octopi. I will do, I've, no, that was jellyfish I did out of spite. I'll probably do a mini on octopi out of yeah, spite. Jellyfish freak me out because there's no reason they should be alive. <laughs> like, physically. You've got some weird hang-ups about sea animals, Emily. <laughs> I think that's what we've learned today. I'm terrified of the ocean. I love looking at stuff. I love deep sea nature documentaries, but it scares the shit out of me. I think I watch it for the same reason I watch horror movies. <laughs> like, did you know that sometimes there are just bubbling pits of, like, super salty water at the bottom of the ocean, and if, like, an animal or a sea animal, like, gets in there, it starts to have convulsions and it has to get itself out before it dies? Yeah, the ocean is not great. Anyway, I think the real villain here is the ocean. Yes. I think we can all agree on that. Just throw all your straws in it. Punish it. This is why I live in a landlocked state. That's why you live in a landlocked state. <laughs> all right, guys. Goodbye. Bye. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.